home when I know that, you know, Ton's got a lot on her plate, I do feel guilty being away from home. And I can kind of sometimes sense a bit of a vibe that she's uh, not coping very well. So when I get home, you know, I may or may not cop it. (laughs) So you try and avoid any of those situations. Again, that comes to the role of being a father, being supportive. Sometimes I've got to put it back onto Tonya. And it's just like, well, you need to understand where I'm coming from. Like, it's not that I'm choosing work over you. It's just like, there needs to be a bit of a balance here. Hello and welcome to Mum Life, a podcast for ambitious mums navigating the sweet and messy journey of motherhood. I'm Leonie Kidanor, and each week I will bring you conversations with mums and parenting experts about the highs and lows of motherhood and tips to make our lives that little bit easier. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of the podcast. Today I'm bringing you a conversation with my friend Tonya and her husband Lockie. Yes, we have a dad on the podcast. We're talking all things parenthood from the male's perspective, but also we look into how a relationship can really change when the first child and the second child come into play. We talk all things from dad guilt to the stress that often dads feel in being the sole providers and also how we can better communicate within our relationships to avoid resentment building. But before we jump into the conversation, I wanted to give you a quick mum life update. And this one's more of a reflection of how I've been feeling over the past week. To put it in one word, I've been feeling completely overwhelmed. Uh, Work has been quite stressful. There's been a lot on. Um, As you all know, I'm a property developer and I also sell the houses that we build. And so given the market in Melbourne is so hot at the moment, it's been fantastic, but there's been a huge amount of inquiry for house sales. Um, But the one thing with sales is that you do work sort of 24-7, wanting to get back to people, you know, who have inquired, you know, almost immediately. And that can mean that sometimes you don't completely ever switch off. I was saying to a girlfriend a couple of days ago, I know that I must be going crazy because now when I go to bed, I can hear a phone vibrating every now and then. And I'm also forgetting things. I never used to forget where I put my keys or, you know, where my hairdryer is. And now I'm just rummaging around the house like I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) So I think these are all telling signs that I'm probably pushing it a little bit too hard. And as much as I love my job and I love the podcast and obviously I I love being a mother, these are all very sort of taxing and time-consuming elements to my life. So I've had to sort of step back and have a little bit of a look at where I can carve out that little bit more time for myself, particularly because things like self-care and exercise have completely gone out the window and I just can't seem to find enough hours in the day to finish what is on my plate, let alone to add things like self-care onto the plate. So what I have decided is actually to dial back to fortnightly episodes of the podcast. I feel as though when I made that decision, I was able to breathe a sigh of relief and I feel good about that decision. I still definitely want to keep hitting your ears frequently with mum content and parenting content and I hope you love it as much as I do but I certainly just have to find that balance where I can and that's what I'm striving for. 
So without further ado, let's go straight to the conversation that I was having with Tonya and Lockie. Thank you so much, Lockie and Tonya, for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having us on again. Well, me. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, Tonya's our um, episode about sleep school was actually a massive hit. It's actually the one that has got I've got a huge amount of feedback on. So I was like, I'll definitely be getting you on again. You're an absolute natural. (laughs) I think it's just that stigma around it that was nice. Absolutely. And Lockie, you are the first dad to come on the podcast, which we're just thrilled about. I'm so excited to pick your brain about all things parenting. And we do actually have some questions that came in from the audience as well. Um, Interested to know things from a dad's perspective. So thank you for being brave enough to join us. It's a bit scary. (laughs) So give us a bit of background, guys, on your, um, you've got two little ones. Can you give me sort of ages and and your setup at the moment, just for a bit of context for everyone? Okay, so we, two kids now, Um, we've got Sam, a boy who's two and a half, and we've got uh, a girl, so we've got the pigeon pair, and Sloan is three months. That's us, two dogs as well. Oh, God. They're the crazy <laughs> one, but um, that's another subject. <laughs> You've got the full tribe. Um, so I'm curious, Lockie, I'm going to throw it to you first. What were the initial moments like when you became a dad? Because I feel like a lot of time we talk a lot about m- you know, the mum, mums and bub are doing well at the hospital, mums doing, you know, recovering well, bubs is good. And often the dad kind of fades into this, a bit of a support role, if anything. And I was just curious, like first, you know, 24 hours, let's say, of being a dad, what sort of feelings and experiences come to mind? You know, it was pretty full on and overwhelming um, mm. with so emotion. But I remember, like I just remember just, falling into tears um, of so much. It didn't really, you know, I wasn't the one that's pregnant, obviously. Um, So it was just, it was, yeah, definitely all about mums and bubs the whole way through the pregnancy. Um, Of of course, you're like, you know, you're preparing, um, you know, with, with, you know, the nursery at home and, you know, dabbling into um, reading some books and articles and things on, you know, what's, what's, what's going to happen and how to how to be a parent and all the rest of it and there's a lot of talk around it. Um, so it didn't actually really land for me that this was real um, until Sanford was born and it hit me in the moment. So I just, I bought into tears. It, it was the most beautiful thing and I, I think you hear it a lot saying it's, it's the best day of your life and it, Hands down, it is like there's nothing that tops it. Um, our wedding night was pretty fun, like that was cool. <laughs> Traveling, you know, amazing. Um, but giving birth to a child is it's phenomenal. Yeah, we are sort of on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, that initial moment was just it was so special, and I'd, I'd never cried like that in my life, and it was it felt good to cry for the right reasons, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. 
Yeah, even from the the bonding perspective, and I know with with females, it's not necessarily like oh, you see your baby, you bond immediately, but just generally, um, I mean, even when we ask our audience the question, generally the mum statistically bonds that little bit quicker than the dad. I mean, that's sort of an on average sort of statement. Just curious for yourself, did you bond straight away? to Sanford when he was born or was it something that took you a little bit of time? Um, I think when I held him for the first time and then oh, there's a couple of days that you're in the hospital and you like it's very special and you do feel like weirdly connected. Um, it, like you still look and go, oh, my God, look at this thing. Like it's it's a byproduct of us. Mm-hmm. Um, then, as, then when reality really kicked in and we're at home, um, you know, there there wasn't this huge sort of connection yet. You know, you you're not you're not physically feeding. Um, you know, we don't have boobs, so <laughs> um, they're not yeah connected in that sort of way. And then, of course, there's you know, life goes on. Um, I'm at work, and you know, you're constantly sort of checking in more so with um, with the mum that, you know, everything's okay and there's a lot of emotion around that um, because things are up and down. So, for yeah, for me, and I'm, I'm pretty sure um, with, with other dads is, yeah, you're kind of in and out of this zone of having that close connection um, and it didn't really sort of happen later on until there are signs of um, communication Um you know, and they do start to feel and they do recognise you when you enter the room or whatever, That it, that's when that journey sort of starts of really connecting. But there was yeah. that hard period, though, when he wasn't sleeping. It was hard <clears throat> for you to connect. Remember that time? Yeah. When, like, yeah, if anything, and I'm sure we'll probably delve into this a little bit later, um, there was a form of resistance um, mm. because we were struggling. We were struggling big time. Um, sleep deprivation is a thing. It's so real. It's 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 not a great place to be. So um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of um, pretty deep emotions. Well, because in the early so- days, with, with in terms of connection, it was like I would be feeding, and then I'd quickly just like pass him over to you to like burp him or to get him to sleep. So it wasn't like. I, you never really got those nice moments where you'd lie on the couch together. It was more like, oh, babe, just put him to sleep, would you like? You know, it was just that rushed. So it was kind of like a job in a way. Yeah. You're just like, oh, babe, just put him to sleep. Um, and you were like, okay, <laughs> you're just going to sit and bounce for a while. So, yeah, yeah the early yeah. days. So obviously, you you know, you had the sleep deprivation and all of that. You're dealing with reflux, colic. You're dealing with a child that was constantly, you know, needing to be held, crying, all of that. And and there's only so much you can do. As you said, you can't breastfeed and have those moments of comfort with, with your child. So what was that like during the mayhem that is the early months of being a dad? Yeah, it was... Definitely a pretty uh, challenging time, it being all new. Um, and it's not like you, you drop everything and try and work this out. I mean, what you do in a sense, but, you know, life does go on. You've, you've, you've got things to do. Um, mm-hmm. So to have this sort of piled on um, whilst you're not, you haven't slept well, um, 
it's it does play mind games and um, the snowball effect on how that plays out in your emotions and how we, we sort of spoke and treated each other um, was not healthy. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was pretty full on. Obviously, we had all of our sort of friends around us who've had um, kids sort of or babies um, similar age and it just felt like they had dream babies and they were sleeping and they'd be off and they're brunching and taking selfies and this, this you know, perfect life. And it's just like, why the hell aren't we getting this? Um, you know, so our social life was, yeah, non-existent um, and our social life was quite important to us, um, you know, and what it does to um, health and well-being. It, you know, we all about that life before and then that was completely um, kind of crumbled. Um, so that was uh, super challenging. That's why all these um, feelings of resistance and like, you know, why us and have we done the right thing and, oh, my God, like you just, it was quite frustrating and sort of what got us out of that was, um, yeah, just a lot of support. You know, this is just temporary. Like it is you know, it is a hit and a miss with um, the, the the type of baby um, and that's, you know, we always thought, you know, is this our fault? You know, how have we, how have we created this? But, like, you know, it's, it's a bit of luck sometimes and, um, you know, it, we just really had to look at it in a perspective that this was only temporary, um, we will get over this, this will strengthen us. Um, if we can do this, we can do anything. So um, a lot of life lessons learnt along the way and then, yeah, far out. It's just like it's, it's amazing when you sort of talk these things through, like the feelings that, that actually do come up. Um, it was a pretty full-on stage of life. I hope I'm not scaring dads off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does get better, trust me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. One thing that I think that you said, which is really so true, isn't it, in that as the mum, we're typically going to be the one that's with the baby 24-7. Dads or, you know, partners look to go to work. They've still got their life ticking along, but they're sleep deprivated and they're all of those things. Like, And it's funny because, um, Tony's when we had a, our discussion in the episode that we spoke about um, on sleep school, we were talking about, you know, there is that feeling of resentment sometimes that comes from the mother's perspective, seeing her partner walk out the door and still have some resemblance of a normal life. And, you know, here we are chained to this child. But what was it like from your perspective, tapping in and out? Because that certainly couldn't be easy either. Pre-baby going to work was one thing, but then when you have a baby and then you do get the opportunity to leave the house, you know, it felt like freedom. Um, so you walk out the door, you look at the sun, you breathe, and you're like, okay, you know, I've actually got it easy. And then coming home to really face the challenge, you know, it could be a pretty challenging night and you might not get much sleep out of this. And so, yeah, over time you adapt. You're not that connected with the baby. You've really got to be that support person for, for your partner. What did that look like for you, Tonya, if you think back to those times where you're like, Jesus, I like this, I just couldn't do it without him? Like what were the things that really kind of come to mind? Honestly, when I hear like 
friends or anyone talk about being single parents or how they're doing it on their own, I freaking take my hat off to them because like there's no word of a lie I could not do this without Lockie and like I'm definitely very lucky because he's a very hands-on dad he does bath time he does the mornings he does dinner time like he doesn't like he does everything he does exactly what I do you know if not more sometimes like so I am very grateful um and that's just been so much more evident the second time round that you know, basically with the second now, it's like you kind of have a child each. Like I'm breastfeeding around the clock with Sloan and he's out with Sam for taking him out to the shops or to the beach or whatever. And it's just like if I didn't have that trying to juggle the two by myself would just be, you know, actually physically impossible because you know what it's like with a toddler, they want snacks every 30 seconds or put the TV on or let's go outside and I'm trying to feed and settle a baby. It's like I actually can't physically be in two places at one time. So just that support and understanding, like he, at, at times he just, he knows what to do without me having to say anything. And that's just, it's such a blessing that he just gets on with it, picks it up and he knows what to do. And it's just, yeah, I'm so grateful to have, to have him do that. In the early days were there times where, cause sometimes I found I couldn't, I didn't even know, what help to ask for you know talk me through I mean either of you really was there a time where you you know maybe felt like you weren't sort of on the same page and you didn't feel as though you were really um you know getting the right amount of support from each other does any experience come to mind and how did you sort of look to overcome that definitely I think with the first child early on I felt personally we had a few of those disagreements and fights about a bit of a competition of, well, I've done this, I've been cooking, or Lucky's like, well, I've done the washing. It's just like we would have these conversations of who's done more essentially. And, yeah, there was a lot of that in the early days and you're just like, holy shit, we're fighting about who does more um, rather than working together. And I think this time around there's a lot more team involved and, those conversations aren't really coming up. It's more we're just getting on with doing it. But, God, the early days there was, we're, we're laughing about this yesterday actually, the early days from my end there was a lot more resentment about I was like put, making fights in my own mind about what he hadn't done and what I wanted him to do and I was like he can't read my mind. <laughs> there, was, yeah, there was a lot of that in the early days. Yeah. What about you, Lucky? when you think back to that time? Like, you know, for, for new parents who are kind of struggling and maybe sitting in, in that time where it is really difficult and um, perhaps, you know, one parent doesn't feel as though they're getting the support they need, what sort of advice or could you provide around that to those people? Yeah, that's um, it's quite interesting because I think when you're in those situations, you then realise why um, when there's kids introduced to the dynamics that, you know, people do part ways, it all gets too much. And it gave me the motivation where I'm just like, well, I know that the going gets tough, but we will overcome this. Like it's not, it's not us. We're not doing this to each other. It's just we need to learn from this and we've got each other's back. And although we will make mistakes when, you know, we're not going to mind read all the time. 
because um, we're two different humans. As much as we spend time with each other, we're, we're never going to read each other's mind. Um, you've just got to you've got to communicate. Like you've got to be real rather than trying to please all the time or whatever. Is actually get raw, share your feelings, how I'm feeling, and just just work towards a result rather than yeah, just build up of unnecessary time wasting. It's just you haven't got time for that anymore. You've just got to get on with life and cut the crap. Like just, mm. just, just be on each other's side, um, well, and that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. But you know, I'm and I say this like I've got all this wisdom now, but I still fall, you know, out of touch with that sort of stuff until you have, you know, a chat about it. And like, oh yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're never going to be perfect, but. We're getting better. We both come from divorce as well, so we don't really have, you know, a real foundation of what it's like to still be together, really. Mm. Do you think your your backgrounds in coming from families of divorce have sort of made you even more kind of like resilient and like, you know, noticing that the family unit is just even more crucial to you because that's what you, you know, want for your kids perhaps because you didn't, have that too. I don't know. Has it impacted? You think the way in which you parent? Hundred percent. We look at our parents and say, "Oh, I don't, I don't like it. Or I don't want that. Whatever." It just, it's. I mean, there are elements to it, but I don't want to say that. You know, if it didn't work out for them, that's 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 their story. Um, and so it is what it is. Like, I don't feel like you know. I've got friends that got their parents that have been together for 100 years like it's 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 phenomenal um and i'm going to their place and stuff like i i feel that family that vibe is just like that's that's what i want that's what i want to provide for for my kids so you've got to you really got to fight for it on the communication piece one of the questions that came through actually was around you know in times where you may not be aligned um, how do you communicate in a way that you don't sound like you're nagging and it's not, oh, come on, Lockie, you need to do this, this, this and this. Like how do you, and then the other person feels a bit resentful because they're like, well, hold on, who called you the boss? You know. <laughs> so like how do you best navigate, you know, those times where perhaps you're not exactly on the same page? Are there any sort of techniques or like just even an example of how you would sort of communicate that might be helpful for others to consider? I think definitely for me is how I approach Lockie um, because, like, for an example. I'm sensitive. Yeah, Lockie's sensitive. Um, yeah. You know, I can be sensitive as well, but it's like I don't want him to take it as an, a personal attack. So the way I have to talk to Lockie about some things, it's more like, you know, we're in this together. We're both learning parenthood together. How can we both learn this? So it's like, for an example, you know, it's like we've got a two-and-a-half-year-old and he is quite, you know, emotional and challenging at times and, you know, Lockie could just snap and just be like, oh, come on, Santa, let's go or, you know, come on, stop crying. And I have, you know, might have a different technique of how I communicate with Santa. So I, instead of me yelling at Lockie, I'm like, don't talk to him like that or vice versa, Lockie could say that to me. I have to say sit down, maybe have a conversation later on, not in front of the kids. I'm very, like, I think it's important not having these conversations in front of them and just say, hey, you know that time last night you were speaking to Santa, like maybe we could be on the same page of, 
when we're in that situation when he's having a meltdown, let's just sit with him, just let him talk through it rather than let's not raise our voice or anything like that. It's just like how can we both win in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's important is your approach is rather than say, can you please not do that next time or mm. I'd rather you do this, it kind of feels like, yeah, what you're doing, what it's you can not. and can't do. Mm. And But if you approach it where it's like, hey, this is how I felt in that situation, then straight away I'll get an understanding of what she felt and then I'll, I'll you know, feel that and then like, oh, you know, yeah, you're probably right in that instance. And I'm, I'm happy to sort of, you know, explore that rather than just being told without an explanation. Yeah. And potentially not when you're running hot and not in the moment where you're just like, it's all a bit haywire crazy because it's very easy for the other person to just say, well, then just don't don't yell at him, don't da da And then all of a sudden then you've created a lot more sort of conflict within that moment that was already stressful, you know, due to the child. Um, why is it so important to you guys not to have those moments of conflict in front of your children? Why, why is that so important to you to do that behind closed doors? I think I've actually got a pretty bad memory, but from, it's funny though, like from my childhood, I do actually remember those times where my mum and dad would have disagreements or like my grandparents would have those disagreements. Like I remember those things and they weren't nice. Like they weren't positive in the way they were both speaking to each other was quite nasty. Um, so, you know, you are, kids are sponges and I know, um, I know they pick up, he picks up all these things. Or if we swear, he walks around the house going, freaking hell. Like, and I'm like, and it's just like, wow, that was, I, I said that earlier today and now he started saying that. So it's like, imagine if he sees Lockie and I having a conflict, where's he going to take that? He's going to take that to daycare and I'm sure he's going to start talking to his friends that way and he's going to think that kind of communication is effective when really it, it's not. Um and it was funny, my mum came over last week and Lockie and I were on the couch kind of cuddling and she obviously hadn't seen a lot of that, but she said to me, oh, it's so nice for him to see you guys cuddling, you guys being affectionate. I didn't even think of that. I was like, hey, that's actually. And look how, like, cuddly he is. Yeah, so. he's a very affectionate and sweet boy. And I was just like, we are modelling everything that he's doing yeah. now. So yeah. They absorb so much and yeah. although they might not communicate it, they know. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got to set, yeah, you've got to set these boundaries and you've, you've, you know, it's not like you're hiding things, but that is, they just don't need to know the behind the scenes stuff. That's really going to. Um, and letting them know, like if I, if I am crying, letting them know I am crying and I'm upset. Like, I don't think it's, I think you should be showing them that emotions and crying and getting angry is normal. It is okay. Like these are all normal feelings, but it's, you know, we don't want to take them out on other people. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, we talk a lot about mum guilt and that feeling of, oh, God, like now we're not with our children and what does that mean about us as a person, even though it's completely irrational because you <laughs> need to do what you need to do. I'm curious from your end, Lockie, did you experience dad guilt? And is there such a thing? Oh, my God, yes. So at home when I know that, you know, Ton's got a lot on her plate, um, I do feel guilty being away from home um, and I can kind of sometimes sense a bit of a vibe that she's uh, not coping very well. So when I get home, you know, I may or may not cop it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, 
I don't know if it's guilt or or if I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, these are the things, you know. You you, You don't know who you're going to walk into. I've got no idea what type of wife (laughs) I'm going to walk home to. But anyway, um, you know, you just, you you try and avoid any of those situations. Again, that comes to the role of being a father, being supportive, um, that they're okay. And, but, yeah, sometimes, you know, I've got to put it back onto Tonya and it's just like, well, you need to understand where I'm coming from. Like, although, like, I think of you guys all the time, um, want to make sure that everything's okay, I can't be at two places at once. Um, It's not that I'm choosing work over you. It's just like there needs to be a bit of a balance here. It's interesting, isn't it? I feel like half the time we do want to just split our partners in half. It's like you can be at work and you can be at home with me too. (laughs) Making my life easier here as well. And it is. It's just a bit of that whole, you know, it is a challenge. Um, The juggle, the expectations, the change in dynamic in your relationship, all of it, it's just quite overwhelming at times. One of my final questions to you both is how do you make time for each other? You don't. <laughs> Where, again, we, for me, it's we know that this time, especially the second time around, it's we're very relaxed. Where we, we understand that this is a temporary part of life that we have to sacrifice our special time together, dating and, and all the fun, schmoozy stuff, right? <laughs> but we... We do find those moments. It's just like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, do anything tonight. Let's just even just sit on the couch, even if it's just for half an hour and we fall asleep at the bloody credits. It's like we, we're having that time together. And we know right now, like, I'm three months postpartum with our second and, you know, we're not. the reality is we're not sleeping in the same bed at the moment and we haven't been since she was born, but it's like, Sure, that's a moment right now. Like if I told some people now that we're not sleeping in the same bed, they'd be like, oh, how do you have time for each other and stuff? And it's like kids are a sacrifice and we know right now that, you know, Sloan's the priority. I feed her during the night. Um, We do have the luxury of Lockie being able to stay in another room, so why wouldn't we have son, a dad that can get sleep and I am happy to, you know, feed during the night and I don't need physically his help. this is a temporary period where we're not going to be staying together and having that physical touch and that emotional connection in the bedroom. Um, we know that that's not happening right now, but once she's a little bit older, we will get that back. And it's just a short sacrifice in our life right now where we've got our whole life together to make that up. We're not, yeah, it's just a small, yeah, small time. So true. It's perspective, isn't it? Like, and, and similarly with my second, you get that perspective. By the second, you're like, oh, cool, like, you know, the sleepless nights bit. You know, that's not forever, you know, all of that. So I think that's the beauty of hindsight. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you both um, for your honesty and your vulnerability today and also for joining us and, and telling us, yeah, how things are sort of tracking for yourselves as early parents. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on, Leo. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. By subscribing to the podcast, every new episode will drop into your podcast library each week. 
Subscribing is also such an essential way for people to find us and to enable us to grow. Want to be part of the Mum Life community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Mum Life Podcast. Until next time, keep living your best mum life. <laughs>